Guys, part two, we have Mr. Terrence Rady. Uh, for you guys that don't know Terry, um, Terry is, it was a well-accomplished 105 kilo, but also started at 90 kilos. So in 2016, he was the world's strongest man at 90 kilo. 2017, he took sixth at world's strongest man, 105 kilo. Uh, 2018, he was the Arnold Amateur Champion, second at the Rodney Cloman Classic, second at America's Strongest Man. And then 2019, he was the top spot where he was, became America's Strongest Man. Um, currently, he's the owner of Peerless Performance Systems, and uh, Terry is, um, of course, not only well-known for his competitions and competing, but also for his coaching. Um, so he's competed, or he's coached many national championships, national champions, amateur Arnold champion, champions, and also world and record holder um, individuals. So, Terry, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm glad I get to see your beautiful faces. Yeah, this is, um, I'm, I'm, I keep looking around in your background to see if pigs are fucking flying because me and Terry are <laughs> on a podcast together. Yeah, right. Dude, everybody at OSG was like, did you and Furman just talk to each other? And I was like, yeah, man. I said, it's Furman and I go through, how many fights have we been in? We're like a uh, married couple. Yeah, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's always something. (laughs) I think, I think what, I think what it stems from though, is when you had just got your pro card in North Carolina, right? So this is context 2017, 2017. I was coming up because I had just won 90 kilo worlds, did uh, 105 worlds where Furman and you both beat me. Um, And that was my first, uh, no, my second 105 show. And then I think it was just like, cause Furman was this going this way. I was going this way. So it was like battling. Cause Camby, you had been a pro since what? 2015. Yeah. You had been a pro since 15. So you were, you were already in the system. You were already like, you know, up and up there. And it's like Furman and I were kind of like vying for a spot. So we were battling back and forth. Um, and I think yeah. that it was just like conflicting egos, but it was, it's really never yeah, you, been both, you guys both have very strong opinions. So it definitely clashes. It's everyone's. strong opinions in the ego, but like, honestly, like there's nothing like personal about like that I don't like about you so it's it was always just the ego thing you know it was it was was always like this weird like kind of like tension like we were trying really hard to be friends but also like yo fuck you man I'm gonna win and now we don't compete anymore so we're like okay it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) none of that matters we made our we made our hundreds of dollars yeah we made our (laughs) I made my thousand dollars okay (laughs) I got my grand and walked away. <laughs> I'm afraid I, said, this this en- I said, this is enough to retire on. So <laughs> I left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How it used to be. It was fucking nuts. Yeah. It was. So, it's, yeah. But So my question, um, I want to start with kind of a, when you were coming up, I want to start with some, um, some controversy that happened off the bat. You know, this was uh, America's Strongest Man 2017. It was my my first pro show. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you went on record saying that everyone was going to zero the deadlift, and almost everybody did. No, they didn't. Like almost two people. Everybody did. No, we. I think so. I think I want to say even John. No, no, Johnny didn't get a rep. Johnny didn't get it, and then yeah. and at that point, Sean was out, and then it was me and Tyler got one. Uh, no, me and Clayton got one. Tyler got three. James got four. Anthony got six. Yeah. Yeah. It so was only uh, one person, but only one person zeroed. Yeah. It was, it was just the ego. Like I was, yeah. I couldn't do it because I felt at that point in time that I was one of the stronger dudes in America, but I didn't like in hindsight, like looking back, it was just being hopped up on substance and full of ego, you know, 
you like, I feel like everybody's got that part in their life where they have not, I wouldn't consider it a God complex, but like um, you ever hear Chris Dahlia talk about like the movie complex, like you're in your own movie and you think that everybody's just an extra in your movie. And it's like, I was in that mindset back then, you know, it's like, it's my movie. Everybody's in it. Like, why am I not there? I should be there. This dude, you know, it's, and it's so funny because I'm like looking back and I'm like, like, look at this dude, Andrew Clayton can't even do a rep. And then like, he's, by far one of the greatest American strongmen to ever do the sport period. Um, and it's like, yeah, it was just young, full of ego. I was what, like 26, 27. Yeah. 26. Young whippersnapper. Uh, it was a long time. Yeah, I, was a, I was a young uh, whippersnapper. My joints felt good. Um, you know, it was, I don't know. It, it's, well, it's one of those things. I think, I, I think honestly, you know, to be successful in this sport, you almost, you do have to have that ego. You do have to have that kind of complex. Mm-hmm. There's no, you're not going to succeed if you don't believe you belong and you're going to be the best. So, the, I mean, it's something to be said where we all, all the good ones have that. And that's where we kind of butt heads a little <laughs> bit sometimes, you know? I'll put it to you. I, I would actually uh, rephrase it a little bit. You're right. If you're somebody that wants to make it to the top at like this violent pace, whereas somebody like Camby, who is one of the nicest people on the planet, who have you talked to him lately? I'm, I'm mean. I, I disagree. Uh, I think I, I think Camby's meanness, like when we had our quarrel, like in 2020, I think Camby's meanness stems from his ability to not kind of sugarcoat and coddle you and like tell you the tough shit that you kind of need to hear. Sean DeMarinas is the same way, but Sean also is just kind of a jerk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like he's just kind of a jerk. So um, it's uh, it's like Camby is the reason Camby is so massively successful now is because he's been so nice and he didn't have that ego and the willingness to do the extracurriculars and stuff like that, that aren't necessarily the best things for you, but can get you there quicker, but it's like a longer path, but that's why he's still in the sport and we're not. Hey, hey, I'm getting mad every day. I'm going to come back and whoop the shit out of Camby next year. Also, you guys are in trouble. I have a a new body, uh, a body specialist that I just go to and he's the most painful guy I've seen. So I think even with him, if I go to him like every other week, I'm going to be like this. Oh, it helps. It does help immensely. But yeah, there's a new guy I found in Dorchester who's awesome. I found that if you drink enough, you don't feel the aches. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't know. I, I use the other stuff. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was actually funny. Somebody at Worlds, I believe it was Nick, Uncle Nick. He was like, "Oh, you're gonna come back and do the 105s or whatever." It was it was one of the competitors, and I said, "Listen, as as fun as that sounds, I want zero to do with Nicholas Camby right now. I want nothing to do with competing against that dude." Like Nick, he's like him being so good right now is like kind of like making me like, hmm, could I? I want to know if I could. Not me. Like, dude, I, I went to the doctor. They're like, dude, you're good. You could do whatever you want now. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah. Was that, a, was that a nice, was that like, how did overall, how did you feel about that news and like saying that like your levels were great and really you could take on what it, how that make you feel? Uh, good. I mean, it felt like a, it was like a, a mental refresh, you know, like a restart button. You know, well, I'm definitely you- happy you were able to kind of recover and, and, and cause you know, and I know it got rough there for a while. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's good to see that you're, you're healthy again and you didn't do any, perm- there's no permanent, you know, that we know of. Uh, for, for all listening, even though Furman and I uh, can act like we hate each other tremendously, he and I have been on the phone with each other crying many a times over personal things in our lives. So uh, 
Yeah. Uh, bitch, I never cried. I have heard you cry on the phone, Anthony. That was I sneezed. <laughs> it was a sneeze. <laughs> it was a long, exaggerated diet. You know I have terrible colds. <laughs> I had COVID before COVID was a thing. Yeah. It's uh I don't know. It's it 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 was a big weight off my shoulders, but man, I will say like the last, especially couple months, it's just felt um, even though I left like the competing side of the sport and I love the coaching side, but the best thing about the sport was the brotherhood, you know, (laughs) I need water. Go get water, Terry. I'm going to get a water real quick. You can can take a break. Oh my God. He's going going across. He's gone. (laughs) No, no, Terry. Bark twice. If you can hear us. Bark. You won. Oh no. He's back from the ocean. What, What was it? That's Thank God insane. he can swim. So is that seawater, Terry? It looks like. That's what yeah. It looks like so, <laughs> as everyone knows, I made this dramatic move yesterday to San Francisco, um, and this is actually water um, fresh that was made by a uh, local crackhead downtown. Mm. So it's fresh milked. Um, it looks like you live in the national park in the 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 Golden Bridge National Park. Uh, fun fact: I was. Uh, Jess Smith. I went up to Sacramento to see super training and stuff. And I was going to go by and see the golden gate bridge and stuff like that. And I drove towards it and went through where all the homeless scary stuff is and did a U-turn and said, it's not that important. (laughs) It was too scary. I was really, it was was late at night and I was really scared. (laughs) What what they were doing, they're hanging in their, in their tents on their iPhones and stuff. There were no iPhones. Um, It's, it was kind of like, uh, in a way more 10 times elevated version of where I live now, um, where I live now, it's not like homeless and crackheads. It's just a lot of like violent crime. Yeah. I don't want a part of the gold bridge. Cause every time I've seen it, either Dr. Doom is destroying it or Godzilla is destroying it. And I don't want any part of that. Oh man. Did you see the new Godzilla? It was fantastic. All of them were dope. I love, I love all the old ones. I love all that stuff. You like the Jack Black one? That's King Kong. No, Jack Black was in like the 2001 Godzilla. King Kong. It was. Oh, it was King Kong. Was it King Kong? Yeah, I know my kaiju. So it's my thing. Oh, you do. Hey, I'll give you credit for it. It was, yeah. it was one of them. I liked uh, it. It was good. For sure. <laughs> so, All right, Anthony, get Terry back yeah. on track. Yeah, we, yeah, we're getting off track here. So, um, you know, you know, we talked about you. You went from being an elite athlete, you know, a champion athlete. You went out on top, and now you coach others, and you've developed quite a few successful athletes. Um, what what do you think what do you think translated best for you when you made that transition to coaching more <clears throat> competing like what what do you think you brought that others didn't bring uh so i'll tackle it from two different perspectives i'll tackle it from uh the elite athlete coaching perspective and then the um uh like the financial, like making it a long-term thing standpoint, because there's two different roads you have to go. Um, with, with athletes, knowing like you, Furman, what it takes. And I've seen you do this with your athletes, with Justin and Dan, um, you know, the, you got to hit the, the nail a couple times with the hammer to kind of beat in what it takes. And like, for instance, talking with like um, Mel Peacock, that was one of her big things was like her mental, like, uh, you know, ability to let it go. 
like you know how it is in a contest like asn 2019 i didn't win an event you guys beat like both of you beat me on like damn near everything um but it's like you got to be able to let that go you have to be able to just get over it and understand that you know i had this conversation with mel um hey you're at a point now in your career where you can make a long-term living off of this, off of your likeness and who you are and the things you've accomplished. Um, But, you know, as the sport progresses, people are going to do more and more things. People are going to do, you know, be willing to take those jumps that you don't necessarily need to take. And you need to be able to be okay with yourself and let that stuff go. Because if you can, like if you go in and you hit a good press, but the person who's doing X, Y, Z hits a bigger press, it can either devastate you or you can let it go and understand that, hey, there's four events left, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's a game. It's a chess game. And I think just the athletes that have come to me, I've had some, some strong people come to me, but then, you know, like um, Mel did well uh, at the Arnold before me, um, but I really took her to the next le- level. Same thing with like Danny Baji. Um, Alex Kopp is really, uh, if he could just learn the he's same right thing. There. Yeah. He's right there. It's, it's Everything he does is so strong, but it's the bags mentally when it comes to those bags, tossing the bags, he can launch them in training, he throw a 60 foot bag, you know, 17, 18 feet in the air. Hey, it's, it's not a fun event. It's just to be taken out of cup. <laughs> I loved them. I think they're amazing. I love bags. I, I like sandbags are fun, but like, I, I do think we need to move on. It's been like five years of sandbags, just like every competition. Every com- and it's like, we got to like, can we move past that? Please. I'm tired of watching it. Like, it's not fun to me anymore. Yes. Like it's a gimmick now. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's uh, I'm, I'm with you. Cam. <laughs> I'm with you. James Deppenbaugh is screaming right now. He's like, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> hey, Terry, Terry, really quickly. How does, how much does Alex cop weigh? Alex Kopp, uh, he weighs, uh, I told him to start eating more. So I think he's pushing like 275, 280. Yeah. Cause yeah, he's kind of like that light heavyweight. Yep. Yeah, he's very, very, especially for his size, but in general, he's very strong. He's, if, when he can put that show together, yep, he's going to be a force. It's the same thing with like Mel and like Danny and these other people I've coached to like greatness. They're the type of people that they just buy in. Like they're not doing extra stuff. They're going in and hitting what you tell them to hit. Like if you tell them they, if, if something's not going right during the workout, they're like, hey, not happening today. What do I do? You know, most people like they'll have those days where they're like, oh, it was a crappy training session. Didn't feel good, but went in and got it done. Just didn't hit the numbers I was supposed to hit. Well, it's Tuesday, dude. It's Tuesday. Why don't you just take a rest day on that day? You go in like there were plenty of times where I'd go into the gym and it just would not be feeling good. And I know there's like that whole CT Fletcher. You got to be tough, whatever, you know, like goddamn YouTubers. Yeah, it's like there's that. But like, listen, dude, like you don't have to write checks if you don't have the money in your bank account. You understand? Like you don't have to like commit to these training sessions. Like it's the be all end all. If you move a training session back a day, it's not like it's going to derail 10 years of training. Like relax, calm down, take a step back, let your body recover, go home. The biggest thing, like I would tell Mel and Alex, like if you're feeling beat up, go home and eat, just go home and crush some food, have a cheat meal. Like you don't have to like people, I think in this sport feel like everything they do is to prove something to someone else and your career will go so much further when you realize if you start doing this for yourself and just because you love it, like I know you can't see, I don't have any of my trophies up. 
like they're in a box, man. I, I like, I did everything I did because a, I wanted to hang out with you guys. Cause I looked up to you guys. Um, I tell Sean D Marinas every time I watched him for the first time at ASM in 2015. Nobody looks up to Sean D Marinas. So Sean D Marinas, Sean D Marinas is the reason I went to the one Oh five class. Hey, everyone oh. looks down at down. To that, was one, that was one of my questions. My greatest inspiration as a, as a strong man. So with, with him, um, I didn't know my, many of the one Oh fives when I first started the one Oh five class, but I remember when I turned pro, I kind of figured out who Sean was and I was like, there's the target. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's, I was like, that's the guy. Uh, with Camby, it was 2015 or it was 2015 ASM in the casino parking lot. In uh, 20, 2016. 2016. Uh, that was, I was a 90 kilo then. And I saw Sean compete for, I saw him compete for the first time in 2015 in Indiana. And then I really watched him in his element in 2016 at ASM. Cause that show, he should not have won that show. Like he, those events for Sean, like the max height stone over bar Conan's wheel, you and Clayton were there. Adam Lane was there. Like that was a very, like he had two good events in that show, right? Like the, the front handle car deadlift and, and the no, and circus dumbbell. He actually came in fourth, like, I think fourth, at that yeah, time, third. like Clayton stickle. Yep. Um, Clayton Stickle, um, Lane, and one of the guy hit six reps. So four guys hit six reps on that Bartos two-round <laughs> dumbbell, and Sean actually took fifth and like took third. And now, and then I took three points. I took six on that. I remember the thing that the thing that won him the show was that car deadlift because like everybody zeroed it. Well, actually. Almost. Not everybody, just just me. <laughs> just oh, me. that was, that was that was that was no, that was the year before that everyone zeroed. Was it? Yeah, but this the so this the challenge. But he still won. Year. He I think he won with like nine reps. Zach Hadge got like eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Lane was up there. Um, then of course you have Tyler Johnny. Um, no, I thought I thought Lane James. zeroed. Lane zeroed the deadlift. No, he, he got he definitely got a few reps because he ended up taking third that year. Yeah, he took third. I remember because I remember Adam was my training partner for a long yeah. time. So I went out there with Adam, but I watched Sean and like, dude, I was just like, that's the guy. And I'm never, I like, like Furman is like sees, Oh, that's the target. That's the guy. I've never like, I, I, the thing I said to Sean was like, dude, I can't wait to compete with you. Like it's, I don't want to take none of this. None of, none of the things I did was to like take anyone's head off or win any title. I liked the training. My whole thing was these guys are hitting this. I, I want to do that. Like, I want to do that. I don't like, it doesn't even have to be in contest. The contests weren't fun for me. The training was fun for me. I didn't really care to compete. I just like to train. I like to chase the numbers you guys were hitting. I like to see what you guys were doing with training. And that's how it translates back to the coaching is like everything I've learned from experience, not only just reading, but being around people like Adam Lane, who's CSCS, Camby, I learned stuff from you, you know, Furman, I've learned stuff from you, James Deffenbaugh, I've learned stuff from him, Sean DeMarinas, I've learned stuff from all these pros on top of learning the science behind programming and strength and conditioning and biomechanics, and it just makes for a better rounded coach altogether, um, because I, you know, me, I'm a serious empath, like I'm, I'm very emotional. Um, so I have a really good working relationship with all of my clients because we talk on the phone and, and we, you know, like, and, and there's a lot of them, but we talk on the phone weekly and we, we try to, I, I'm not a good texter, but I always try to like convey what I'm feeling 
you know, through my voice and through videos and stuff like that. And it just makes for a really easy coaching client dynamic. Um, now, with that being said, there are some people that just don't talk to me, which is fine too. Um, but it's, uh, I think that's the thing that makes my clients so successful because I care as much about their training and who they are as competitors and how they compete uh, as I did myself. And it was always about the training for me. That's why I competed so well. I was always the littlest dude, you know, that's, that was, that was why I was such a good competitor. Um, it's because I took the training. It was so fun to me. So it was like, Oh, just execution all the time. Let's just execute now. So. Yeah, no. And I think it's, it's, I hope everyone's paying attention to this because I will say that Terry is one of the, one of the better coaches I've seen out there. Um, you know, love or hate what he says sometimes uh, he, the, the proof is in the pudding with him. I mean, it's, it, he coaches these athletes to great levels. He almost, he almost had a one Oh five win a national championship a couple of years ago. He's very close. They tied. Uh, well, no, we did, you know, if we did the things the right way, you know? Yeah. San, San Lorenzo has come a long <laughs> He's a really, way. Yeah, great He's dude. A long way. He's another one that like, I just have to, cause you saw him at clash have to get that mental it's his mental like you know the 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 thing with anthony is he's very confident in himself but when he gets in the contest situations if something happens just a little bit a little bit of doubt creeps in and every contest he's gotten better he's yeah. gotten so much better every freaking contest from our first one together till now so like he is so close to having like a complete package as himself as a competitor uh but it's always that growing process i was the same way Camby was the same way you were the same way Justin Loy was the same way. It's just, you know, it's the different levels of ego that help you get to that. So I think, you know, back when I was in, I think, I think a big thing that helped me with that was I used to have to train, you know, I was coming up and, and winning this, this stuff. I used to have to train, if you guys remember like 5am, cause I had that full-time recruiting job. So uh-huh. I would always train from five to 8am and I had shit like wads at night. I had shit training sessions all the time because it was 5am. So like I, I took L's every day. I just, I was, <laughs> I just lost every day. Every day was a loss. And then I'd get to comps like, oh, I fucking failed this before. And then I'd blow it out of the water because yeah. it, it didn't bug me because I, I, I got used to fucking taking the L. <laughs> so funny story. Somebody asked me um, about your training and I was like, Furman's training, like he doesn't have he's not the type of guy like me that's going to sit there and read study after study after study, just looking at this stuff. But what he does have is a lot of fucking experience knowing what he needs to do and what he doesn't need to do to do well on an event for the longest time. I mean, your training is has towards the, like uh, like the peak point and onward of your career was very structured because you were seeking out like me and Dirks and you were asking Sean stuff. So like you were very curious about how to become better, but the thing that got you, up into that level was just going in and being a like just a fucking I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna do as much to my body as I can to where I feel as bad as I possibly can and then I'm gonna go home <laughs> like that was your training like okay what is the least sore on my body okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do that as much as I can today I, I was always surprised because he never really puts in D, he just recently started putting in deloads but before then he didn't really ever do deloads do you so remember was, that do you remember when he would talk about how deloads are, are just your week or something whatever he said there's no deload what did you deload for okay see. wait I looked at it listen I, I was deloading for at least 18 hours a day I, I mean sure yeah yeah, you know, you train, you train, you train. Look, you train three hours a day, and you're walking, or you walk, do activities for another three hours a day. The rest of the day is a deload. So why do you need a, Why do you need a week? Perfect. Yeah, makes sense. 
Hey, it worked. I learned a lot. I tell you what, I learned a lot doing that stuff, though. I uh, the art. I learned the art of it, as opposed. To, you talk about the science. I I did read the science. I just it's not my for. I don't give a fuck in the end of the day. Like I do give a fuck, but I don't give a fuck. You know. You but, know, I've seen I've seen your programming. But I definitely <laughs> learned the art of the programming the way yeah. I did things. I've I've seen the evolution of your programming. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. like the, from the I remember the first thing you ever sent me. I looked at it and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Somebody is gonna try and make someone hate themselves. Like it's like it's painful. You're like, like all right, we're gonna do ten by tens. Yeah, we're gonna do ten by ten. Good morning, and then German volume training. Yeah, ten by ten. Good morning, and then ten by ten squats, and then we're gonna finish with ten by ten. Good mornings. <laughs> I got a pretty good deadlift doing that. You did. You did. Um, but yeah, it's uh, everybody's got the thing. I mean, it obviously works. That's the, that's the cool thing about the sport is like, you can take any approach you want because every event is just up in the air. You don't know. And they could change the events at the last second. So any type of training, um, I mean, really it's just throwing the work well, at you. They, they don't change the events anymore in, in the right place. In the, in the, that was the best. No, it's not the best. It's not how sports it. work. I love it. Imagine if they imagine if the Super Bowl, they're like, by the way, we're using a soccer ball. <laughs> like, <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, it wouldn't be awesome. Shut up, Terry. Imagine if they were like, all right, we're, it's the Lakers versus the Pistons, and instead of a basketball, we're going to use a watermelon. Imagine if Tom Brady had to have like fully inflated footballs. It, well, it, listen, I want to hate on Tom Brady, and Camby knows how I feel about this topic. But he kisses his son on the lips for extended period of time. He, does he comes back for seconds and comes back for seconds. It's He's weird. Part of the zeitgeist. Listen, listen, if that's what it takes to be the goat, I'm a kid kisser. I don't know. Like, I just, <laughs> like, Extended time. Kid ex- kisser. <sighs> longer, like, longer, right? longer. It was half the episode. He's so good though. It doesn't matter. It do, and like he's just the yeah most, no it's it's frustrating how good he is he's the most impressive human being meanwhile I'm still a Steeler fan I'm just watching Ben Roethlisberger get worse every second dude poor guy I, does he have a lifeline necklace like a life alert necklace while he's dude, playing? because he looks like he needs one I think he's done finally I think he he said that Monday is probably going to be his last home game which uh, it's the really? end of an era but he needs he needs it, to move it, on he's I I saw he, him he, run he has a Hall of Fame career but not right now. <laughs> I saw him run three yards on a broken, like a blitz broke the line and he ran up three yards and the defensive end walked towards him and grabbed him by his Jersey. and pulled him <laughs> He was like, Hey Ben, get over here. Come on, get over here. Yeah, there was a time when you couldn't sack the guy. Yeah. Well, it ain't now. Anyway, it's because his kids are growing up and he doesn't kiss him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that <laughs> you, know, you know tom brady doesn't eat nightshade vegetables like tomatoes and eggplant good and peppers fuck vegetables fuck vegetables that's why but, I love but like what, what like i was like I was like that's great and all but like i eventually one day want to kind of implement some of tom brady stuff i think maybe when i retire but i'm italian i cannot do yeah, say no, peppers, no egg, peppers, no eggplant, eggplant parm. and, and uh, tomatoes <laughs> that's that's a no-go okay is no. eggplant parm a big thing when you rather no but eggplant, eggplant in general is pretty cool is it Molignani, Of course. I don't. I don't really eat it. Molignani. Hey, what's wrong with you, Terry? Do you like that? Uh, that Cougine guy on TikTok. Hey, Cougine. Oh, that's right. You guys TikTok. Oh, oh yeah. well. You one? also kid, you also kid, kiss kids on the lips, so it makes sense now. I don't. God. But maybe when he has a son, well, I think can't about say it. that. <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, let's let's. I got all right. I got a good one, Terry. Um, 
So, of course, you've, you're still very involved in the sport. You coach a lot of 105 kill athletes, uh, Frank Pomazano, um, San Lorenzo. Uh, for, your, for 2022, who are the top five 105 kilo men you would look out for or who you expect to do well in the various contests? That you're we- not included? Say again? You're no, not- outside, outside of me. Outside of you? Um, I would say Justin Loy, obviously. Uh, Dan Hughes. I love, I, I love Dan. Like Dan, Dan is a very good guy. Um, so I text, they, I, anytime Dan posts a Lego, I always say I'm going to smash it. <laughs> Dan Hughes, uh, Jeff, Jeff is like getting surprisingly strong. He came back with a vengeance this year. Like, yeah. Like Jeff Lee is, is. I was so happy for him that he did so well. Yeah, a lot of people, I, I don't think remember that Jeff like did one Oh five stuff, like these new breed dudes in there. And they're like, who's this guy. And it's like, yeah, Jeff, that's pretty strong yep. uh, and he's definitely getting stronger so i would say justin dan jeff and this is in no order justin dan jeff uh san lorenzo definitely and if the the last one's tough like frankie if he can keep a good uh prep together um you know if he can keep a good prep together and keep the distractions at bay frankie can really put a good show together frankie's another guy that likes to like wander off of program in the middle of a of a block too you know we'll be in like a volume after my own heart yeah we'll be in like a volume block and he's like maxed out today and i'm like what what we're doing sixes and you're going in and hitting a single as heavy as you can he's like i felt good it's like that's why i like sean um so sean's been doing my deadlift stuff Uh because as i as i've got on shoemaker for everybody shoemaker you know he's got a lot of experience training training at a little bit older age with some injuries and stuff so i went to him and uh he's really changed the way i train my deadlift it's way less volume than i've ever done um usually each day is about three exercises which for me is like it's like oh shit but it's it's working and i did 675 for a set of six yesterday and he's the opposite he was like oh you should have done 10 i was like bitch you told me to do six (laughs) like what is wrong with you but he's just like you think you could have done 10 i think i had 10 of me yesterday wow did you you see six? Did I, you did, I did six. It? I did six in sixteen seconds. Did you post it? Yeah. Oh damn! I'll go watch it. Yeah, I uh, did six reps in sixteen seconds yesterday, and I was like, "Ooh!" And then I a, and then I dropped a clip on my broken toe, so I haven't done anything <laughs> since. That's another person. I think um, if he can, he he and I just started working together, Sean. And oh. Uh, yeah, so he and I just started working together. I'm going to work with him on his press and his moving events. Um, you know how I kind of approach those things. Um, and if if we can get his moving events up and his press up, I think Sean Sean could be deadly. He he uh, definitely he definitely could be deadly. I'll tell you what, another up-and-comer, um, maybe not this year, coming year, but within the next two years, Tyler Pruitt. Um, I'd have to watch his stuff. I think Tyler – he came course. in fourth at two class shows. He's, I, think, I feel like he's three years away from being a, I think like he's a pro. Two years. Two years away. Two years? All right. Because I said I said Frank was going to be in my in the finals at Clash this past year, uh, Frank Pizzano, and then he ended up doing, doing well at America's Strongest Man. So I was just one one or two contests away from thinking he was being a, a top American, right? Um, so um, off the, the five that I, I agree a lot. You know, it's funny. Justin and Dan are uh, – I, th- I think are just – not they're the one, two, they're first, first, they're hilarious. Uh, second, they're just very interesting in terms of the way they kind of like battle each other. Um, I think in the long run, this is, this is a tough prediction or not a tough prediction. This is my two cents. 
I think Dan's going to be the more consistent one, like with better, probably wins more contests or wins more, more of the one on one battle versus Justin, but Justin has a, um, a higher ceiling because he just has like freak limbs and freak abilities yeah, that many very, guys he, don't possess. He's built well for the sport. Um, Justin I tell you, I tell you what's going to hold them back. Um, Dan is still active duty, and I, you know, he, as long as he's going to be in it, and whenever he leaves this team, he's going to have to take a step back. So a lot of his career stuff is going to affect how good he is. And also, same with Justin. You know, Justin's, you know, he's he doesn't know slouch. He works in a business where he's in charge of shit. So um, he's kind of figured out what happened with Clash was he was kind of still figuring out how to. Well, he did. Have... That, that was his first training session, first competition he was training for that didn't have. Anthony Furman written down. Well, there, it's so. not. It's not even just me. It's that, just that's, that he, that's, that's he had a he had like a full job time job though that he. Oh caught. yeah, that's that's also. Hold yeah. on, I, I had to swerve because I know he's been posting about it a lot, and at OSG I talked to him about it, and he's very, uh, uh, like it's very open. Who's, but who's this? If Clayton wanted to come back and do one hundred fives, <laughs> that'd be a real problem. Clayton would be tough. He's Clayton would be very tough. As long uh, as he, as long as he's okay with qualifying for the clash stuff, because absolutely, last year, last I had year, a guy, he wanted I had to one of the clash shows that uh, it's I he signed up for a couple of USS shows and I told him no. I said, look, you've got experience in weightlifting. His name is Rush Davenport, uh, very strong dude, and his first show is going to be clash. Well, he and, can get into clash now by uh, placing top two at USS Nationals. So he's, well, he already signed up for clash. So he's already in clash and it's going to be his first show. And he said, well, you know, I want to do these shows, but you know, I kind of just want to see how I'd fare with the big dogs. And I said, Look, dude, if you're going to jump in, jump in head first. When I started doing this sport, the weight classes were 231 and under 231 and over. That was it. And I weighed 176 pounds and I got waxed for four years. Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to like, dude, when I started competing, I was competing against Jess Reeves. So it was like Jess Reeves when he was younger and he just fucking destroyed me. He tore his bicep and still beat me. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like Aaron West. Dude. <laughs> toughest, <laughs> toughest dude. That dude. ASM 2018 when Aaron tore his bicep was like, you just had to be there and be in the environment just to see it. When he goes, walks over and he says, I'm going to tear my bicep on this. And we're like, <laughs> what the fuck, bro? and he's like yeah first rep on this log i'm gonna tear my bicep and you remember that canby who's in the first lane and he cleaned the log up got it here pressed it and he went yep i, I thought he tore his bicep on the farmers but it was, no he, he, that's where he wrapped it up with the torn bicep <laughs> he took yeah. i forget what he, he took like fifth or sixth that year too i think yeah he just <laughs> couldn't do the stone he did he did the deadlift he did everything with a torn bicep no everything Dude, he's, don't make him like that no more. Oh, dude, he he like tears his bicep, sets the log down after he gets one rep, walks into the back behind the curtain and grabs a bottle of bird dog whiskey and goes, ah, and just takes a drink of it. And he goes, all right, let's do this. And I'm like, wow. Well, it's like it's like 2019, like after an event, Terry would be in the corner, like with a fucking p- paddles, getting his fucking heart restart after every event. And I'm sitting there going, no, just screaming at my knee, like slapping it around. <laughs> like We're all just like... <laughs> stapled together dude the asm 2019 the guy that was supposed to do my ivs he was a ex uh medic like med corps or something in like the army and you messed up bro yeah he was he wanted to run my line right here and i had this thick vein right here and he wanted to be cool and do it over here and he blew out my vein three times and i only had one catheter so he reused the same catheter three times and I never got my two bags. So I was, I had taken in like 
like four or five grams of salt and like a couple grams of potassium that day and had no fluid because I was counting on these three bags I was, or these two bags I was going to get in. Never it's trust like, a soldier for anything ever. That's how I live my life. Yeah, well. Well, all right, let's, Terry. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking, kind of. Back, back to your top five. And, of course, it'd be interested in your opinion. Um, so there's some other guys, like, of course, you have, like, Tommy Sharp. But Tommy sounds sounds Dude, like maybe a little banged up. I, wanted, I was literally just thinking about him. The, the, the best, but the thing that holds him, like, back the most, and it's not a bad thing. So, Tommy, if you're listening, I love you, and I admire you so freaking much for this. The fact that he is an amazing husband and an incredible father, and he doesn't have that, I can go to the gym for three hours and mindlessly do this stuff and eat, sleep, and and focus on just my training. Like, if he ha- if he was that guy and didn't have those other factors, Tommy would be one of the best in the country. I disagree. I think he's a better straw man because he's such an amazing uh, man. I think he's a better competitor because of that, because his kids and his wife go to that stuff and he's like, show they, up. They don't care is what I'm saying. So I, I work with Tommy a little bit for ASM. Fortunately, he's for a couple of years now, he's had some underlying disc issues. So he's, he has to take, a oh, yeah. he has to take a little bit of an extended break. Uh, but if we, if he can heal the discs up, I, I think it's going to be definitely like up until his disc started getting problems again, I thought he was going to push Camby for ASM. Like, I really, I, he, he could push I, I was, uh, I was, I was pretty, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty nervous going into that. I was like, oh man, I might need to, like, Tommy's looking pretty big in Waco. I was like, I only, yeah. I'm pretty much competing and have three weeks between Waco and ASM. I'm like, is that enough to, yeah, go? but he got his disc flared up and it was just poor timing. And it's like, ah, you know, what are you going to do? I, dude, Tommy is, um, a uh, uh, 100% healthy Tommy Sharp is like I tell you someone else I believe in verse 105 because he's so in, he's so relentless. I believe in Bob Bob Schwantz. Bob Schwantz. He, he looked great in Waco. He beat Justin. Did he? Yeah, he had a great show, and he, it's for Bob. A lot of times he has bad events, bad shows, but that that comp he put it all together and he was impressive. I yeah, actually he, thought he was going to place top three at nationals based off his Waco performance. Yeah, but you can't have bad events, bad shows. No, I'm saying like if he has a bad event, like he's one that, you know, kind of that mental game. Oh, yeah. I, I think that like um, Bob is strong at certain things, but I just think they're like if you threw a certain event in like a contest, like he's what's his Husafel? He'd like, be just in the sandbag loading medley. Yeah, like, like he's good in short medleys, but he's not a good distance carrier, though. Right. Like I remember like the times he did nationals, he only carried like the three. Nobody's a good distance carrier except James. No, I can, I can carry it's you can too. The thing with you is you don't practice it. Like when you showed up in Dallas okay. and had no idea what a Conan's wheel was, you were like, I don't even know what this is. And I'm like, you've had months to train for this. And you're like, ah, remember I picked it up and it, I took like five steps back and yeah, then went you walked five steps backwards. <laughs> me and Sean are going wrong way, wrong way for him and go that way. And you were like, and then you did like one revolution and like just collapsed on the floor. You were like, that was the hard, you were shaking. You were like, that was the hardest. Well, because I didn't know you had to breathe while you're doing it. Like I just held my breath and braced the whole time. For those of you listening right now, this Don't is. Don't do Kona as well like that. This is, this is uh, Furman before he knew what competing was. Like he would just go in and train Zercher yoke. He'd be like, "Yeah, I did like a thousand pound Zercher yoke for fifty feet." And we were like, "It's Conan's wheel, bro. What are you doing?" <laughs> I did, that's what I did. Fine. <laughs> I won the yoke sandbag medley, though. <laughs> you did. You did. I'm terrible at yoke. I've always been bad at yoke. 
No, it was good. those are good times. Those were wild times, man. I used to have so much fun. That that was the funnest time. I I really wasn't winning anything at that point, but I had so much fun. I wish you would have did that show, Camby. What show? Oh, Dallas. Dallas. I was still I was still pretty fat coming off of the yeah, Arnold. He was getting ready. I just did the Arnold too, but he was getting ready. <laughs> yeah, but you you weren't fat. I was that was like the fattest I've been. Camby was I was two sixty five. Camby was a thick boy back then. Oh, Camby, yeah, how, how the turntables turn? Yeah, how yeah. <laughs> they've turned. So yeah, there's he, no way I was. Camby was getting ready. He was like, "Listen, I got to take twenty second at Worlds in eighteen. I can't do this show." <laughs> yeah, get out of here. <laughs> there was <laughs> tie for fifteenth with Andrew Mock. All right. Um. <laughs> but I did want to get back to uh, some of the other notable. All right, keep laughing, guys. All right, enjoy it. All right, <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> we have to because you're dominating right now. Yeah. So it's like yeah, the yeah. times we beat you is like we're just gonna like people need to remember. And, you know, <laughs> you know, it's if for everybody that's watching, um, and, you know, I always keep track of is like uh, is head to heads. Um, our our head to head Terry is two two to one Terry. And then me and Anthony's head to head is like five and one or five and two, depending how you put it. So I'm really at the losing end of the stick over here. And I think Terry, you have the the matchup versus Anthony. I think right. It's like is it two? Yeah, to, I have the matchup. One? To, he's got me two to one. I think two to one. Yeah. yeah. Terrence, Terrence is the champion. <laughs> the Zoom champion. See you guys, bye. <laughs> but uh, right. other guys, some guys, some guys that. Um, depending if they can stay healthy. So like, of course you have guys like James Deffingbog. I think James healthy and James easier back is an, is a clear uh, favorite for even to win the competition. Um, but again, like he, his, tra- his training years are just really up there. Um, but yeah. you know who, who I'm surprised who keeps getting stronger with older ages um, is Darren. Darren like looked like he had probably had his best year. Um, yeah. This past year, compared to yeah, and, and, and at forty three, which is was, better better. was awesome, which is very um, inspirational too. Just the fact that you can keep competing uh, past forty. Um, but I think this could be a slew. So we had the return of like, for instance, like um, if you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG One. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Richie Muchagamba coming back at Clash. So I'm pretty interested in terms of how he's going to do. Of course, you have guys, Saxton, young competitor. A lot of times where you have young competitors, like they're in a 25, 26, they make the biggest like leaps from, from compared to someone that's 30 to 31. When they're 25 to 26, that's generally a pretty big leap. 
Um, I think Cognon can't be overlooked. Um, and then, um, there's my, so much talent right now. Good. Yeah, and then my my, my, fa- my favorite for um, my favorite for your the clash on the coast uh, or clash on the corral is O'Connor, Michael O'Connor. So watch out for my I training have, partner I there. I don't know. Well, he's no, he's doing the Jersey Clash, Amy. No, he's he's doing the, he's doing the the corral. The Cumberland. Cumberland. Yeah, sorry. Oh, how dare you? Cumberland. Uh, it's so many. I think, so many. Uh, I think the 105s right now are definitely extremely competitive. Like it's an extremely competitive class. I don't. Um, I think there's a lot of names we forgot on that list. Well, no, it's so it's always been competitive, but what we have now is the opportunity to match the 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 competitiveness. We have the opportunities yeah. that weren't there because we had we had ASM and Worlds. Do you plan on doing like an international clash? So I. I have one in Norway, Scotland, Dubai, and Australia plan, possibly one in China. And then you'll have like world clash finals. So this is this is international. I just had 15 guys qualify for the online qualifier. Right. But I'm saying like is the goal to have contests overseas and then have like one big clash contest where that's it's what all- clash on the coast is always gonna be. That's gonna be okay. the flagship show. So the clash okay. So I need to start training again. But that's gonna that's, that's gonna be the the show, and you know it's it's I, what I'm seeing is exactly what I knew what I knew existed was so much talent that they were coming out like oh yeah minute, we have opportunity now now they're coming together now we're truly because I don't care who you are ASM OSG because of the way <laughs> have been set up previously you never always you never got the best talent at each show all the best talent look I'm like I'll I'm, say I'll say all the best talent you know what I mean like you had talent. But it was always separated. You're always always missing people for whatever yep. reason. That, right? That's the biggest thing. Like it's but like with Clash, what we're seeing with Clash is we're seeing talent from across. There are no feds. You know what I mean? Like this is just the best coming together. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm uh I I really wish some of these okay, so like this is like off on a little bit of a tangent, but one thing that kind of annoys me is when these lighter dudes hang out in their lighter weight classes and don't like eat the food and just get stronger and gain the weight. Like the weights kind of stay like right here and they might peak up a little bit like numbers wise, like a log press or a deadlift, but like generally it's still in this realm. And like, I wish these 90 dudes would start eating and like step up. Like, like I did it. Why can't you do it? Like, like, eat I think we're going to see more of that. I think for my, just, like, I mean, like how long, how long, for instance, like Devin Reese, Devin Reese has been in the 90 kilos for how long? Like, get out. Come on. You've already won like a world title. Get you. You've won 90 kilo world. Go to the 105s. Bump up. You know what I'm saying? Like bump up a weight class. And then the 80 kilo dudes. What are you waiting for? You've won a world title. Bump up a weight class. Like, I mean, do they have to, though? Because you have the yeah, 90 is, kilo guy. Nikolai. He loaded the stone that all the 105s missed. I know, but I think he should bump up and like yeah. go like like gain the weight like like test yourself against bigger dudes. Like, yeah. I mean, before my heart went to AFib, I was. I was 250 pounds gaining weight for the Arnold. You know what I'm saying? I had just did ASM, even though I didn't even win ASM. I was like, you know what? I beat almost everybody except Sean D Marinas. Nothing to be upset about. I'm bumping up. I I'm chasing. Like I, you, I, you I don't got to tell me I did that shit too. I love yeah, that. I, I, I'll just never understand the mindset of why people like sit in that weight class and just like, I just want to be the best in this weight class. And it's like, well, that's a little bit what I'm kind of doing, Terry. Uh, well, on the contrary, I do, I do encourage, uh, like 90 kilo men or 80 kilo men. If they don't have the contests 
that like, for instance, some individuals, guys, they just won't, those guys only train, like not train, compete like once or twice a year because there's yeah. no competitions. But if they bumped up a weight class, they don't have to cut weight. They could compete with heavier weights and then they'll, they'll benefit, benefit well, them. What, well, that's what we're trying to do with the pro series is I'm trying to give those guys shows that they can do that matters. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like have more shows, but in the, when we were of course pros or not pros, but I'm still a pro, but in our kind of uh, in our heyday together, um, there was OSG and ASM. And then there were all these other contests in the beginning of the year, but I still needed competition experience. I still needed to get that experience so I can be better when it comes for the, what I like yeah. to call the playoffs um, or like those big contests. Playoffs? Yeah. You're talking about playoffs. playoffs? Um, so I, I would hop into, I think I did, in 2019, before I did um, ASM, I did three heavyweight shows uh, just to get experience and try different. And I did shows because two of them had squats in it. I never done a squat before. I, I think I should learn that. One of them had a keg throw, um, which I, w- I wish I didn't do that contest. But <laughs> but again, I just would try different contests that didn't ha- I had events that I never tried, so I could be more well rounded and more prepared yeah. for the future. So I think that's why I encourage 80 and 90 guys if they don't have a contest i would say i would consider for them to bump up so they can kind of keep competing and then when the playoffs come you can always drop down and and compete at the weight class you want to do it for worlds or they, oh, or they stay at that way you know i i agree in uh, if anybody watching this takes something from this is you have to compete against people better than you to get better you're Absolutely. You, don't come, you don't come to the sport the best it doesn't happen you get you become the best by competing against the best that's how it works yeah yeah, uh, like that's that's what participation that's, trophy thing. It's like how are you supposed to know what you're bad at yeah. if you know you just think you're good at everything. It's it's uh yeah. So 2017, after I won 90 kilos, I did uh 105 show in 2017, and then just went straight into worlds. Uh, the 105 show I did was to qualify for the Arnold, and then after I won worlds, or no, after I went to worlds, I did the Arnold, and then after I did the Arnold. I did the Dallas Europa as a pro. And then after I did the Dallas Europa, I did the Dallas, uh, actually, no, the Dallas Europa where I got my invite to the Arnold in between Matt and me Arnold, I did a heavy, I did Texas strongest man as a heavyweight. I was 217 and did it as a heavyweight. Um, so yeah, going back to what you're saying, can be like, always do just bump up a class. Like you don't have to worry about cutting. You don't have, like you get to eat as much food as you want. You get to like, because I, People that think you can just stay lean and get as strong as humanly possible without having to gain weight, unless you're doing a ton of extracurriculars, uh, you're living in fantasy island. And even then, there's gonna be you're gonna top out. You, not not you're everyone. Not everyone is Marius Pujanowski. It's impossible. Not everyone's that. Not everyone's Derek. Pazzo. All you need to do is eat a pound of bacon and three pounds of chocolate every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how you get lean, like pushing out. You will, you will you get. You don't lean. got the genetics, bro. That's that's what we're telling you. And your face will look like an ashtray. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of people that faces look like ashtrays nowadays. Yes. Oh, Camby's gonna try and steer us away from that. Yeah. <laughs> steer it away, Camby. We're right. gonna do. It. We're gonna start. We're gonna do it, Camby. Better get us out of here, Captain. Right. Shit. All right, I'll get another question. So, Terry, uh, what are some important traits strong men or strong women need for 2022 to be successful? Like traits in or, general or like, um, like, like... Traits or characteristics or things that they should do? What's what, um, what going to be the key factors for, for strong women and strong men in 2022? Uh, I would say with all the... Just competing as much as possible. Learning where you stack up on certain events so you can figure out what to target. 
uh, in your training, in your off seasons. Um, and if you're not going to have a coach, uh, follow like a actually thought out training plan. Don't just kind of go in and do whatever. Like uh, when Furman was coming up, I would say that he got away with that because he was at an interesting era where the contests were just kind of heavy and the 105s didn't have a ton of opportunities and they weren't getting a ton of recognition on like the national level uh, in terms of like the amateurs. So it was uh, obtaining your 105 pro card um, while it wasn't, it was still the hardest thing to do. Um, there weren't a ton of opportunities and not a lot of people did the traveling and stuff, but now that the competition is getting a lot of exposure and a lot of people are doing one Oh five shows and the class is growing, you're going to have a lot of dudes that are coming from other sports, like my buddy rush and stuff like that coming from Olympic lifting that are going to be very strong. So I don't think people are going to be able to get away with, going in and just lifting heavy all the time, no deloads and just and we'll call it what he, I was genetically predisposed to be. Successful. You were, you were, you were. That's, that's what it was. You know, it, end of the you day, football. I, I kind of, yes, I yeah. got away with shenanigans. I was a very high level linebacker. So I was able to get away with shit that you, you, whoever's watching this, you won't be able to get away with. It's true. Like you'll end up getting hurt and it's, it's, it's just not plus, I mean, like, you can be honest with him, Furman. I remember you remember Cammy. You remember when Furman would send us what he was eating, like oh, just double quarter pounders in his face, like and and, and and three bangs a day, three bang energy drinks, nine hundred milligrams of caffeine. Oh, nine hundred milligrams of caffeine, tons of McDonald's and Taco Bell, and then like, dude, do you remember when I told him about the veggie shakes and told him to put spinach in it, and he put canned spinach in it instead of raw spinach in it? He oh, said, "How Drink this. It tastes so bad. I didn't know that spinach came anywhere but a can. I only saw it on Popeye. I never had it before. <laughs> That's important. Tom Brady would tell you that. Yeah, it's like you grew up in like this cave with a with a TV that had nothing but football. It was a trailer, not a cave. Explains <laughs> double wide so much. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I, I stopped I was, eating kids' meals when I was four years old. <laughs> still eat spaghettios, uh, beefaroni. That a boy. Um, that's that's. I, I would say that's the biggest advice going like for men, women of anything. Like, like, dude, there's so much knowledge out there that's readily available on, you know, strengthly. Um, and and me and other coaches and people that have. I think that's the biggest thing with this era that we're ushering into and strongman is it's going to be a lot of learning from the people that have experience in the trenches, because like you can have a dude. Yeah. You can have a dude that knows all the numbers, all the programming and stuff. But if you don't have the person that knows how to compete and has done these shows, they're not going to be able to tell you how to get through these shows. I mean, Aunt San Lorenzo, the year he won his pro card at nationals, the dude's running around trying to find me going, where do I put my feet? Where do I put my feet for the sandbag toss? Cause he couldn't <laughs> remember where to put his feet. And I'm like, calm down, man, stand here, grab the bag, throw it. And he was like, okay. And he did great. He did great, but it's like seeking out the knowledge from the people. Um, and especially like now that the competitions, you can watch them really tune in, tune in and watch how these dudes compete, man. There's like so many shows I can think of just competing with you guys. Um, like, and how, if there was a camera on us, they would see it's like, we're all buddies. We're all sitting here talking and we're personally like talking about, how are we going to approach this event? What are you going to do for this event? It's not this like 
F that dude. I'm not going to tell him like, no, we're here. Like it's a, it's a community. It's a club. We're all talking in prep for these contests for you guys that are watching. Um, you know, we had a big chat before contests and everybody talked about events and how they were training the events and what we're doing. And, you know, Oh, how's that working for you? I might try throwing that in. It's not like a secret, you know, like it's not hate. There's no malice in this. Yeah. In the contest, we want to, we want to win. We want to beat each other. You know, I want to beat my buddies, but at the end of the day, we're also friends. We're going to go out. We're going to get a drink afterwards. We're going to talk, shoot the shit. And there's never any hard feelings. Any show I've lost to any of you guys, I never have hard feelings about it. You know, like it's never, it's never been that way. And I feel like a lot of people miss that and they get so absorbed in the, in the bull crap that they think this is, um, that they really miss out on what it could be. Uh, and that's a beautiful life experience. One of the best experiences of my life. So very yeah. touching. Speaking of, speaking of like, you know, the bull crap and all that. Terry, mm-hmm. what's your fucking problem with belt cleans? Let me just, okay, listen, here's the thing with belt cleans. If they're going to be allowed, it's fine. Do them. I tell my clients, if you can do them in the contest, do them because they are easier. But in my mind, strong man, like, okay. Remember James, when he did that deadlift at ASM where he had the pads on his legs, like, like, dude, I swear if there was an event where you had to like do something with your head, I feel like James would have like one of those giant cushions on his head. He like, did. He wore a space he helmet. He is a strong man engineer. He's yeah. going to figure out a way to do that event and make it as easy as possible for himself. And he is going to bend the rules so close to snapping, but it's not breaking the rules quite yet. And for me, uh, the belt clean is just easier. I get it. It's for more weight. Like, dude, I get it. I don't care about it anymore. Uh, but for me personally, I think it's just more impressive uh, for a dude to just use his body. And, you know, yeah, like, but like, where's that end? Like, it's more impressive when you don't wear shoes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that that's my big thing. I, I no never, either. I never liked or understood. I was like, when do we stop? It's more impressive if you get fucking, if you rip seven shots of fireball yeah. and do it, actually. Hear me out. Hear me out. I got an idea. We, yeah. ESPN will totally get behind this. The s- clash on the coast, nude edition. And then we don't wear anything. Not in this political climate. I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, sir. I've already, like, I've I, already been dodging bullets all year. I ain't yeah. fucking dealing with that. Belt man, it's, it's, it's honestly like I was. I, I also I, disagree. Belt cleans are harder for max, easier for reps. I think it's I think it's harder to belt to belt clean a max axle as opposed to reps. Well, like when you, when you say the, the thing is the definition of belt clean, right? It's the person that sits there for seven seconds with and then yes. launching it from the yes. belt to the rack yes. position. That yes. is actually it's it's funny because like if you want to do that, that's fine, but it's a very inefficient technique, right? Yeah, you, that's what they, I'm saying. It's harder for max. They shouldn't do yeah. If you, you should shouldn't do that, but again, if it's I always just thought like if you're allowed to do it, but you should always compete towards the, the rules, especially if you don't have a belt. Cause when well, I went to, I came from doing a non-belt clean competition to a belt clean competition where the rule, where there was strict rules because we had <laughs> Zodronus and Zodronus is. That dude belt cleans more than anybody. <laughs> he, belly, he belly cleans, but. Um, no, no, but he's I, used his belt. There's video evidence. 
it's there there's uh, there's always going to be videos where the where the axle is slipped down and landed on someone's belt but i'm i'm like of the same line of thought as can be like when when coming up like it was it could touch your belt but you had to pop it off immediately get it like get a little bit of skin between it and that was my whole thing it's like if it touches your belt that's fine just get it off of here was my Don't perspective launch it I remember I I said belt cleans allowed because on the, the online judging I didn't want to take any reps away or, or fuck anyone over I wanted to be that, easy I, I think that was fair because and I remember I woke up to fucking I got sent forty two truck rants and I was like oh, what the fuck I was just trying to make the judging st- straight across the board what's the problem that's and that's easy. and that's when I that's when that's when the meme center in my brain yeah. got activated the meme center was like woo woo <laughs> okay. don't and do that. And then I memed for three months. You did. You did. You meme harder than anyone will friggin' know. You are the most. What does Anthony rank in terms of the top strongman memers out there? Uh, I would say, oof, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. I would say, I would say, okay, okay. In our circle, our circle, because anyone watching this probably isn't going to know the best memer is Jeff Lee. Um, <laughs> Quality. But- he has better quality, quality. like dude, when it comes to like photoshopping and shit. Yeah, Jeff's quality meme production is like out of this world. Yeah, but I would say, uh, yeah, I would say Furman's, Furman's probably the best memer. It's the content. It's all it's the content in, in the frequency. That's but, right. But That's it, right. It, it's it's a like dude, but like it's like sifting through garbage. Sometimes they'll have memes, and it's like that one sucked. Hey, but, not everyone could be a winner. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Hey man, I get it. You're like uh you're like um like Ford. You just pump out as many cars as you can. And yeah, like, dude, I'm an arm- you're gonna suck. I'm it's an army fine. I'm an army recruiter, so I don't care about quality, I care about quantity. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Back on that. Camby, turn the ship wheel. Steer All right, wheel. uh Terrence. Uh when you were my coach for about six, seven months, uh, you were big into hypertrophy in the training programs. Uh, which I liked a lot. I think that was something that I used to do a lot. And I, I took it out just because of, I just need, wanted to get better events, but I got away from hypertrophy. Uh, what's the importance of hypertrophy in, in a good structure strongman program? Uh, it's good. I, I generally pull hypertrophy. Um, I, I don't like, uh, for instance, when you're about eight weeks out from a contest, we won't have a ton of reps on stuff. That's generally when we're doing like strength and power blocks. Um, so hypertrophy has a good place in the off season when you're like in that, like if you're doing block training, like the accumulation phase or whatever, but a lot of the stuff I run, I I run a lot of undulating. Um, like for those of you that don't know, it's just, you know, balancing, I essentially do full body workouts, balancing the workload every day. So, you know, you'll have heavy back squat Monday with some really light good mornings and then like some moderate pressing. And then the next day you'll have heavy deadlifts with, you know, moderate squats and some lighter pressing. And then the last day you'll have some really heavy pressing. So I undulate everything. And the, the hypertrophy stuff is I kind of leave it on the outskirts of like a strength and and power block. And then maybe on like one day I'll have an accessory day where they can go in and get like a heavy pump. Um, But generally if we're doing that, it's more rest pause stuff just because you can get out, getting, get out, you know, the whole purpose of hypertrophy is just doing as much damage, damage as possible, increasing the amount of mitochondria in the cell and trying to give the body as much time to rest. So I think uh, looking back at how I used to program, actually, I think that was probably a flaw of mine is I focused a little too much on that because of, I knew how I looked 
uh, and how I felt when I did it. But if I could go back in time with my own training, I probably wouldn't do that as much just because um, it was just probably during my strength blocks uh, in my peaking blocks, it was too much uh, workload on my CNS. Whereas I would rather do like my heavy pressing and like a heavy squat and then in the workout with like, something for my joint, maybe like a hundred legs extensions or a hundred ham curls. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just to make my knees feel better after those heavy squats or a hundred pushdowns or something like that, just something easy, uh, to get some blood flow in there. But other than that, uh, I don't really steer too much into hypertrophic work unless it's like a specifically designed block just to add size on a person. All right, interesting. Well, I think, I think we were influenced both by, uh, via Max Pippa, the mountain dog training methods when we're talking about the hypertrophy and the strength training. Max. Yep. I think that's a big, I, that's a big thing Mastel. that we did. I was influenced a lot by Mastel and Mills. Yeah. Um, Mills was my first coach. And then I went to Mastel after that. And a lot of people Mills in- is like the OG power builder. Mills is, yes, he is. Yeah. He literally looks like he could be on a poster for power building. Yeah. Like that's his he thing. Should be. He's one of the, I, I mean, he's been doing it before it was called power building. Yeah. Yeah. What was, what was his last show? ASM 2017. <sighs> Um, no, he had a, he did a heavyweight. No, he did heavyweight. He did, heavyweight Arnold. He did Arnold 18 or 19. 2019. That's yeah, right. He, he pulled like three or four uh, 715 deadlift, which was big. I remember he did pretty well that, uh, I think he got like, I think he was in the teens. Um, so he was like right outside the top 10, that competition. Yep. I was going to do that one, but, uh, yeah, I mean the, the training, like when I started focusing more because I had a full-time job, you know, I was working like 60, 70 hours a week, driving all over the place, you know, busting wrenches in the cold and, you know, all that stuff. And I was focused more on my training at that point in time. Like, you know, cause towards the back end of my career, I would, uh, like, collaborate with max and mike mastell and stuff but i really handled a bulk of my own training um and then i started focusing more on the coaching aspect that's when i started like reading a little bit more um studying a little bit more on like the culture and and understanding strength and conditioning um and you know consulting with people smarter than I on it that have actually studied the stuff and went to school and got educated on it. And then that is really when the coaching kind of really started peaking hard. Um, and, you know, Danny Vaji and then other people that, you know, it's tough to put everything into athletes when you're competitive, competing yourself. We, we, we've mm. seen it time and again in the sport athletes, competitive athletes try to coach others and it. You either have to have a very small clientele or you got to be a shit coach. <laughs> right. You can't make a living off of it. If no. you want to, if you want to like compete and coach, you have to have a small client base and you have to have a full-time job. Um, and you know, there are, there are days where <laughs> dude, I miss having like a, like a nine to five that I could go to and escape because now I just sit here in front of a computer on the phone, doing FaceTimes, updating programs. And it's like my life now in my own training, like as goes by the wayside, you know? And it's like, that's, a really like tough mental struggle for me because I don't do any extracurriculars anymore. Uh, I don't train as hard. Um, and it's like letting a chapter of myself go. Um, but understanding that there's a newer, better chapter. You don't uh, do any extracurriculars. I know you're not, I know you're not president of the treasury anymore, but like, you don't even like, you're not even a member of the chess club. No, no after school programs. 
No uh, after-school programs. I, I, two weeks ago, I joined into an, or no, three weeks ago, I joined into an after-school program. Okay, okay. Yeah, hey, check this out. Hold on. Oh, what happened? Your face got bigger. Did you break something? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I change this. Oh, look at that. Look at you two. These are the two most important moments in my strongman career. The year I won ASM and the year I won my first world title. That's my dad. Um, he's always super proud to tell people I'm his son. Terrence Rady Sr.? I'm not just proud to say he's proud. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, those, uh, I thought you'd like that. Kenzie, Kenzie actually hung that up while you and I still weren't talking. That yeah. sat above me even when we weren't talking. I've never hated you, Anthony. Um, I might have said I did, but I've never hated you. Yeah, we've hated the idea of each other. Yes. yes. <laughs> we've hated uh, the essence of yeah. each other. But uh, no. Yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting. I don't have the Arnold picture up. Probably won't put it up. I uh, I actually don't really care. Is that the screaming one? Were you screaming? Yeah, I just don't really care for that. Con- I don't really care for that memory of that contest. I was in a really bad place in life. Because he had a mustache? Yeah, it was like, I just like, I couldn't get it off. I couldn't get it off. Like, no. Yeah, it just, uh, I just went through a lot of stuff at that period in time. Uh, all of the uh, after school programs and chess club and everything that like all the extracurriculars of work and stuff that I was doing took its toll on my mental health. And yeah. just really sent me down a really dark hole. And that's why, like, I'm in the position I am now where, you know, I catch so much flack for being against, you know, doing too many after school programs. And it's, I'm like, dude, I'm not saying it because I, I'm resentful or anything. I'm saying it because I was there and I've seen what it can do to you. And I'm just saying, be careful, dude. Yeah, like, you're not, not going to get into Columbia just because you do so many after school programs and have high <laughs> SAT scores. Yeah, you gotta have SAT scores. Gotta have high SAT scores, and you gotta study hard. And you gotta like. It's just like I. <laughs> you, gotta eat, you, you gotta eat your vegetables, and you gotta kiss on your son on the lips for extended amount of time. So I, I, I do have one final question here. Well, possibly two. I have a yes or no question. That depending on your answer, I have one more after. Right. Okay. So here's my question: Would you like to speak on the current state of nonsense happening? in the sport right now um in terms of strumming court and everything i mean i didn't say it i just said nonsense look man i i will actually you know me like i don't care to say my opinion because i make my own income like whether well, i'm gonna get canceled by myself a I don't terry rady exclusive yeah so <laughs> i i love all the competitions but what I hate more than anything um, is the scumminess that's happening on not only the show promoter corporate side of the sport, but also in the coaching side of the sport and sometimes in the athlete side of the sport. I, I don't. Um, and listen, I have no problem. And you guys know this admitting when I am wrong and I've done a lot of wrong. I've said a lot of terrible things. I have, I have made enemies and apologize, but listen, I will always 
like Anthony, I apologize to you. Like I, I always admit when I'm wrong and I've said a lot of dumb stuff, but listen, this like crap and division and, and honestly, if we're being candid about it, theft, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crappy. It's crappy. It's really, it's really crappy. Um, and it's on both sides. Like, you know, there have been people that have screwed over someone and then got screwed over by the people that were, uh, they were doing business with and then came back to the people they were screwing over. And it's like, it's, it's, it's not okay. I wish people would understand that whatever this is, whatever life this is, simulation, whatever you believe, whatever any of this is, the the thing that you're doing that's going to screw another person over it's just fucking not worth it okay it's not worth it it's not worth somebody hating you it's not worth the loss of sleep like i've got enemies got a lot of enemies and they're trying to drain you of your energy yeah but like honestly trying to get away sorry it's a drake it's a drake song right the people that don't like me i promise you if you don't like me i'm not thinking about you and I, and he won't I, fight you either. If you try, he won't do it. So I, I won't. Stop, I don't. Stop trying I to fight. Yeah. Stop trying I, to fight I, Terry. Trust me. He won't fight you. <laughs> I, I, I let so much stuff go in the last year and I'm getting so much better about letting little crap just go. I just don't care. Like, you know, like there are people that I interact with that are friends of mine that used to come to me with drama and I would engage in it. And now they just really don't even bring it to me anymore because I'm like, I just don't care. Like, I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't, it's too negative. I'm not about it. I've got, you know, a beautiful girlfriend at home. I've got dogs and I've got a successful business and I'm happy. And I'm just trying to like trudge through this existence that I've created for myself in hopes to one day be able to just sit on a beach with her and enjoy whatever I've got left. And that's all I'm trying to get to. So like the drama and like the screwing people over and going behind people's back. It's just, dude, there's so much unbelievable untapped potential from the athlete base, the promoter base, and from the sponsorship side within this sport that is possible that if we just quit trying to fucking one up everybody or screw over someone for a dollar, like that's that's hey you know what i'm not gonna go on one of my car rants but that's the problem with our system is somebody's got to try and make a quick buck off of another person oh are you talking about capitalism yes trying to make a quick buck off another off a screw in another person oh, Camby's, you're making can uncomfortable now no no i Camby, do so Camby, not that guy though Camby wouldn't fuck someone over for a dollar no no no, no i'm saying it's uh, not worth the expense of someone else anything yeah. anything in life expense of someone else is not and worth that's it. a good capitalist my whole philosophy <laughs> people treat people if you treat take care of people they'll take care of you right yeah. and what and like Furman, what was the conversation i just had with you tj and ariana yeah that's all you want to do I just like, dude, there was a point in time where I was like, fuck strength collective. They're just ripping off, you know, they're, and then like, you know, after talking with Kinsey and talking with my therapist and and it's like, why I, I don't hate you. I want you to be successful. I want, I think strengthly what they're providing for people. It's cheap. It's effective. You know, there's, it's like anything. It has a value and it has a place. And I, like I said, I can't own when I first started. I went a little hard on the shock value of like, fuck your coach. I you did, did go a little, I did go hard on that That's one. Your personality. Not, You're a but, showman. Well, that, and I was learning. I, I was on businessman. I didn't. We're always make, learning. And, and, you know, I've learned 
how to conduct, how, how to do things. And so I can go back and say, I understand why you were upset in the beginning, because I, even if I didn't intend to, I was indirectly coming after your livelihood. Right. And so I, I do understand. Um, but it's okay. Because like, you know, uh, Josh Reynolds, you guys know Josh, yes, one of the of best people in the world. Uh, I remember I was playing Xbox with him one night whenever all that stuff was going down. And I said, I just don't want him to like, you know, fucking ruin my income. And he was like, he won't. He's like, you're one of the best in the game, dude. He said, you, he's not going to like, why do you care? You know, Josh was the one talking reason to me. And I was like, fuck, man, why do I care? Like, you know, and I never it, thought I was going to take anyone's business because they're not going to leave a good, they're not going to leave a coach for that. Right. But, you know, and, and it's, and now I'm talking, I'm talking to you guys and I'm like, how can I help you? What can I do? Camby's got a full plate that, by the way, Camby, the educational videos, the technique videos you put out are absolutely incredible. Thank They're you. Well, there's, there's more coming soon. Yep. They are they probably are. the most underutilized, but most valuable thing on our site. I would agree. I would agree. If you're listening right now, go watch those videos. I have 12 videos and then two on my YouTubes. If you want us yeah, a taste. They're, fanta- they're fantastic. Yeah. And, and what did I say? I said, Hey, you need help. Cause that's what I was good at. I was a technique dude. I was little, I had to be good at technique. That was my thing. So it's like, I want to help educate. We talked about, uh, you know, making like a, a, a rule book for judges, like, so that way they have something to reference of what's good and what's not good. So there can be more consistency. Cause like you said at OSG, the judging, it, it, you know, yeah, it, it's just, it's tough. It's tough to do when there's no huh. certification and when there's so many lanes. And I can't like, wait for when the money is available so we can, so we can have uh, electric timers. Like are those like cars? You like? I don't understand. Like like what they use in the uh, NCAA? Oh athletes. oh shit! Yeah, like the fucking um, the forty yard dash stuff. And, yeah, that yeah. would dude talk hey. about that would change the game. Hey, you can't argue with me now. Just be faster. You know. You know that that, that might have got you the win in ASM 2018. I only, I lost to Sean by by a tenth of a second, a point zero one of a second, and point four of a second on the yoke. So if that flipped, me and Sean would have tied, and Terry would have won. But then, granted, Sean might have done more on the stone to win. But just the same, he couldn't he was hurt? Well, oh, so yeah. Well, so, I mean, he's but he's the he's the ultimate gamer, still- right? I still give he, dude Sean's one of the best gamers ever. I give Sean shit because I'm like it's so convenient that you beat Cammy by point zero one seconds, and it was the contest that was hosted by your gym owner. <laughs> so convenient. My favorite <laughs> but, part is his response, fair, his response is always like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> but, but to be fair, Sean's not great at farmers, and no. he dusted that yeah. farmers. Like, so that just goes to show Sean's a gamer. He shows up. Remember uh, ASM in the casino parking lot? He took that 300-pound stone of steel and set it on his head. It was, like, on his yeah, head. Yeah, he had a bump. He, the his head. he had a bump on his head. So, like, oh, I, so a, a head clean is okay, but not a belt clean? Absolutely. I hate you. <laughs> Don't you forget it. <laughs> right. you, but here's the thing. If you were to wear one of those little, like, uh, like cardboard street dancer hats that have the hard pad in it so you can do the spins, that's, a, that's like a belt clean. That's cheating. Only if it says no in the rules meeting. All right, Terry, my last question, um, and it's a fill in the blank. Winners are blank. What are winners, Terry? This is like, I, oh, so many words just flush through my head. Uh, champions? Champions. <laughs> I don't know. Winners are. They just, I don't know. I don't know. This is tough. But what I, what I said originally was uh, winners are not afraid to lose. 
right? The oh, I thought I thought you were looking for one word. Oh, sorry. You can you can do like, oh phrase. A phrase. Yeah. Oh, phrase oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say uh, <laughs> Furman, if you don't turn that off, <laughs> if you don't turn that off. I'm gonna stop it. Okay. Um, yeah. Hey, what's your answer, Terry? <laughs> winners, winners are not afraid to sacrifice everything. It's true. Right. No, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's I, I, I agree with that. Me. I sent myself to the hospital. Like I don't. I it's I you know it's winners are just not afraid to sacrifice everything. I got divorced. I had multiple surgeries. Well, to be fair, the reason you got divorced is because she kind of sucked. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, she did suck. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I quit partying, and you guys know how much I like partying. Yeah, you became lame. You're Lambie now, uh. <laughs> Nicholas Lambie. I remember going out to uh, when Bob's. and yeah, and going out to a bar with Camby, and that was the hardest recovery I've ever had in my life. We, so, we, we I spent all hundred and fifty dollars from the um, from that day on uh, four dollar. Um, what was it? Uh, four dollar uh, Red Bull and vodka shots. We, we did so many Red Bull and vodka shots. I was mixing uppers with downers. <laughs> like that was a bad recovery. I remember Clash at the Coast 2021 where I was awake for like four days. I was drunk for four days straight on television. <laughs> it was fucking wild. <laughs> Everyone <was> like, <laughs> I stayed up all night, every night, like getting hammered to like 4 a.m. Then I wake up at seven and go on commentary with Rob. <laughs> That's because you were well deloaded going into that competition. You're going deloaded. Into competition. That's, wow. That's what it was. You're yeah. ready, for the, ready for the load. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, Anthony we're, we're getting a little ahead of time, but um, do you have any last questions for Terrence? No, I, I, I have been satisfied by Terry. Thank you so I'm much. Satisfied. I appreciate it. And I want to say, um, I hope people take a lot of the good stuff you said here and um, of the knowledge and on top of that just realize you know we we one team one fight you know this can i i say collective community and i don't mean it cheek and tongue in cheek i mean literally that's how this that's how we grow is together absolutely it's and it's, i know you, you that'll be the biggest thing this year that'll be the biggest thing this year everybody doing this together is what makes this work everybody it's honestly i don't do shit you don't do shit cambi doesn't do shit together we are making a better future yeah, it's it's going to be honestly I'm kind of excited for it. That's why I, I wanted to get involved and stuff just because I see like I really think that the stuff that happened with Strawman Corp and everything else is honestly even though it looks on paper you're like wow this is really messed up. I think behind it it's going to lead to something incredible. I have nothing but positivity for the future. I see a clear path and I'm so happy everything that happened happened honestly because we're there. We, we got this now. We're clear. We have a, we have be a crazy dude. I'm excited to watch. It's going to be cool. Ape yeah, together. Man. Strong. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Terry, where can people find you? If they uh, want to you more about Terrence Rady. You can find me on Instagram at Terry Rady. Uh, or if you look for peerless performance systems, I'm getting a, a new website made right now. So I'm learning how to code boys. Ooh, wow. Okay. What, what, yeah. uh, what coding uh, or what programming language? Jasper. Ooh, interesting. Uh, I hardly know her. <laughs> and on, on that note, well, all right, uh, really quickly, since it's a new year, what's uh, Anthony, what are your 2022 goals? Um, I would like to go an entire year without an injury. No, that's, that's a very good goal. Make it realistic. <laughs> all right. So honestly, my goal, my goal 
by the end of 2022, I want to have a $50,000 prize guaranteed for 2023 clash. Mm. Nice. That's my goal. It's for you. It's for you. Can be. Thank you. Thank you. Someone, someone needs to support this. <laughs> Terry, <laughs> no, what really really, yeah, are your 2022 goals? Uh, my 2022 goals is to have a three-way podium sweep at the 82 kilo women clash. All right, three. So, who do you think who's gonna, that going to be? The eighty-two kilo. So, Peacock, Mel, Mel Peacock, Jody Kennedy, and Leah Birdstall. Ooh, wow. Leah's Leah, yeah. Leah just came back to the team, and she's looking. She's very healthy. The problem was is Leah uh, pushed it very hard, very quickly, um, and accrued a lot of like injury buildup. So it was best for her to just. I literally said this, hey man, take like four or five months off. Just don't lift, just go to the gym, get a pump, you know, don't lift barbell stuff. Don't do anything that hurts. Just, you know, stay active. And now she's back and her numbers are doing this real quick and she's good. feeling real good. So good. I want to do that. And I also want to uh, get Alex cop his pro card at the Arnold um, and have at least. Why? You want to get, why? So he can qualify again? No. Cause I want to get him. Card, on so he can qualify. I want to get him on the main stage. Oh, you want him to win the Arnold? Yeah. Ah, yep. I think he can. I think he can. He's very did strong. You his, did you see his axle the other day? The, with, oh, yes. The, the triple? The, the triple or double or whatever it was? Four. Was it, oh. 350 for four on a deload week. Yeah. Just get, get him to do that fucking game day and he's golden. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I got goals, but all of my goals are athlete goals. My personal life and stuff is my, my goals for that is just continuing building up my mental health and, um, you know, find a good, better routine for the gym and, you know, which uh, I'm, ha- I'm so happy for your personal life, Terry, just by the way, I'm very happy that you've leveled out that you're, you're improving for you, dude. mental health. For and you can't see, I really, no, I mean, like on a personal, I'm really, you know, we've been up and down and I'm very happy to see that you're leveled out and having this positive personal life you know move forward i love it so i appreciate that man i really appreciate that we enjoy it terry we enjoy seeing you grow i was in a bad place for a little bit man actually one of the conversations i have with candy um actually kind of uh really steered me to really start going uh towards my mental health it was whenever um Furman had shared a meme I didn't like and I contacted Camby about it and Camby was kind of like hey man all this drama and stuff you kind of stirred it up you got to deal with that yourself and I was like you know what and Sean kind of said the same thing he was like dude if you just like you know talk to somebody like deal with it and then I started doing that and it helped so yeah thanks for that Camby absolutely I'm always here to help Terry always here to help and then uh my my goals going forward um I'm, I'm I want to win four contests next year so I want to do six contests win four of them at least um and then i have um a revenue goal um i hit 30 grand 30 3500 in contest winnings this year so i want to beat that um going 30, forward 500 uh, no sorry 3500 that's really good yeah and you know it's you know it's one thing i don't like it's one thing to talk about money but competition um uh prize money and uh and of course, payouts should be a public information. No 105 ever made that much money in a year off competitions. <laughs> the most I ever made was uh, $2,400 in one year. I made a thousand. So, later than that. So, I, I want to increase that. And then, yeah, maybe maybe I can buy a house this year, but we'll see. We'll see on that. But, I hope uh, you do. But, but, when are you, but, when huh? are you and Abby getting married? 
2023 in uh, in the summer. So we're gonna we're, we're trying to push it out a little bit so we get away from some of the. When are you and Kenzie get married? Uh, I bought the ring. <gasps> but, uh, now do I? Take, <laughs> oh, we're podcast. recording still. She knows. Oh. Oh. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you sure you don't want me to edit this out? No, you're fine. Okay. She knows. She. Well, I, I had her go try it on because I bought two engagement rings before that failed, and um, both were kind of forced. So I just kind of went in and bought the ring like I didn't care. And this one, like, I actually give it crap. So I was like, ah, I want you to come pick it out and like look, and I'll, I'll get it custom, but kind of give the guy an idea, you know. So yeah. You know what? That's winner's podcast. You learn from your yep. mistakes, and now on your third yes, you engagement do. ring, you're gonna figure yep. it out, Terry. Got third it. time's a charm. <laughs> All right, guys. All Happy right. New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year.